Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my ready girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is uh, August 9th, 1997, and we're coming to you from a different room. I hear a buzzing in the background that I don't like. So if you hear a buzzing on this recording, it's because we moved to a different room, because the room that we normally record in gets very warm on very warm days. Yeah, and the buzzing is probably the air conditioning running. The buzzing is 100% not the air conditioning. I hear the air conditioning noise. Uh-huh. This is just something else. When the buzzing stops, the air conditioning noise is still going. The buzzing's not. Okay. I think you know what you're talking about. Anyway, uh, it's good wow. here at Massive Late Fee. How have you been, Carol? Has hot. The, has the heat been getting to you? Yeah. We're testy with each other because it's so hot. Uh, yeah, like our our house has an add-on that's not connected to central air, and it's very, very uncomfortable. That's right. We're in a house now, guys. We moved out of the apartment, and we're now in a house together. <laughs> <laughs> Bought a house together. Yeah. Moving up. Moving on up. But we don't live on the east side. No. West side. <laughs> um. So, Carol. Yes. I have several things. Wow, several, huh? Yeah. You know that. No, it's been it's been it's been quite a week. It I has. need some bubble tape. Why? I need six feet of bubble gum for me, not them. <laughs> what the fuck? You know. You know the commercial. I do. Your I'm bus just driver. Wondering where it's coming to your brain from because yeah. Well, let me tell you something's coming to my brain. Uh, the trial is beginning for the alleged mastermind of New York Blast. Just going to stare at me. Uh huh. Okay. What New York Blast? I don't know what you're talking about. We talked about it before the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. Okay. The alleged mastermind of the 1993 World Trade Center bombing and his accused accomplice were part of a terrorist war against the United States that planned to kill thousands, a U.S. prosecutor charged Tuesday, opening his argument in the second trial for the deadly blast of the 110-floor Twin Towers. Prosecutor Lev Dassen pointed at Ramzi Youssef and said, This man... One of the masterminds of the bomb ordered mixed stored chemicals and planted the bomb that killed six people on February 26th, 1993. What do you think? I think that they're assholes and they deserve to burn in hell. Do you think that it makes New York more of a target because they're holding their trial there? Like, if they're part of a terrorist organization, don't you, like, like Cobra, right? Like Cobra was... <laughs> what? The Cobra was a terrorist organization. Are you referring to to He-Man and Skeletor? No. (laughs) I'm talking about G.I. Joe. (laughs) I knew it was some kind of fucking cartoon. I'm talking about G.I. Joe. But 
imagine if like Destro was being charged in New York City, like his trial was in New York City. Don't you think Doctor Mindbender would come up with some sort of poison and and uh, what's her name, the Countess? Are you suggesting that they should have it somewhere else? Because that doesn't sound like a great idea. Because if it, it, in your logic, anywhere they do it is going to be a target. Nobody wants that. Two words, Carol. Hmm. Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> okay. Beautiful, lovely Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Sure, everybody wants to go there. It's a military base. They could have the trial there. Sure. It's part of the United States. Well, you should call them up and tell them. I'll do that. Okay. We'll see how fast they respond to my <laughs> to my calls. Right. Speaking of calls, though, did you hear about the call that Bill Gates is making? No. He's investing a bunch of money into Apple. What's Apple? You know, the, the computer people. You mean Apple? The Macintosh. You freak? <laughs> the Macintosh computers. <sighs> He's so there. Apple is, uh, you know, on some hard times, and he's investing in it. And apparently, Apple lovers don't like it. It says loyal to the core. Uh, Apple lovers say says Gates deal rotten. What? It looks like Bill Gates finally rules the world. Ruled Chicago law student Erica Campbell Harris. It's like making a deal with the devil," said Mike. Uh, Moradin, a science teacher at Ann Arbor's Community High School. Stockholders may be rejoicing at the allegiance between arch-rivals Microsoft and Apple computers, but many Apple loyalists who remain a, who maintain a near-religious affinity for their Apple Macintosh computers, Wednesday's announcement was greeted with utter disbelief. The battle is over! Screamed the headline at the top of Virginia students' webpage. Say goodbye to the Macintosh computer. What do you think? William Gates is investing in Apple. I think that people are stupid, and it's not a big deal. Like, who cares? Like, he's not going to rule the world now. It's not a monopoly. He doesn't now own Apple just because he invested a little bit in there. Now, to be fair, I don't own a a Macintosh computer. Mm -hmm. I'm not an Apple acolyte. Uh Uh-huh. But, so, I mean, it's hard for me to say whether or not I'd be upset if I was, like, hardcore into Apple's products. But they do. They have, like, people that buy Apple products have some weird fucking, like... And do you ever notice, like, every piece of software that you get from Apple is, like... You can only use that with Apple. Yeah. Like, with, with Microsoft, like, Microsoft doesn't have a computer, right? You don't buy, like, the Microsoft... Gates. Well, no, yeah, it's an operating system, not a computer. Right, so, like, you can buy a Dell or a Gateway or, you know, like a, like a bunch of different... Build your own. Yeah, a bunch, bunch of different brands of computers, right? Mm-hmm. And it can be compatible with... Windows can be compatible with all of them, right? Right. But Apple stuff isn't. Apple stuff, it's like you've got to buy an Apple thing. Yeah. And they're expensive. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they do the things they do, but I don't think it's the end of the fucking world either. Apple doing the things they do. <laughs> um, that song actually is really good for a song that's just like made for a, a movie. Yeah, that thing you do. I mean, they did a good job. Yeah. 
doing that thing you do. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe it would be good if Apple wasn't so insular. They opened up a little bit. Let, let us in. <laughs> let us in, Apple. But they only let you in if you pay for their shit. I know That's it's a weird. whole thing. It's a little cult for the rich people. I don't. I think Stephen Jobs is not there anymore. Hmm. I think he left to do something else or whatever. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> don't you love when I know half the story? <laughs> and I just speculate. No, I don't think he's on the board anymore. Okay. <laughs> Where do you think he went? I don't know. Is he hiding in the mountains somewhere? Like. Maybe. Why do we? Better yet, why do we care? You know that um, that thing, uh, Pixar. Uh huh. He owned that. Okay. I think, and I think George Lucas had something to do with it too. Like George Lucas started it or whatever, and sold it to Apple, and then Apple like developed it, and then it became its own thing. Interesting. Yeah, they make the that they made that Toy Story movie. Well, that's apparently they're going to make some other movies too. I, I hope guess. so. I'd like to see more movies like Toy Story. Anyway, speaking of things I'd like to see, Carol, mm-hmm. we got a, a piece of fan mail. Oh, we did? Yeah. Yeah, I love fan mail. Nah, we don't read out all the fan mail that we get. It just, you know, we don't have time or whatever. But I thought that this rated a special response. Now, this is from our website, RetroLateFee.com. www.RetroLateFee.com. Do not forget the W. World Wide Web. Correct. But... We are on the net. You can, with Sandra Bullock, you can <laughs> write us there. And this person did on Natalia. All right. Okay. Uh, message. Hello. Perhaps my message is too specific. What? So far, no. <laughs> but my older sister found a wonderful man here. What? And they have a great relationship. But what about me? I am 25 years old, Natalia, from the Czech Republic. No English language, also, and dot, 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 better to say it immediately, period. That's not a sentence. I am bisexual. I am not jealous of another woman, especially if we make love together. Ah, yes, I cook very tasty, and I love not only cook. I'm real girl. It's a real girl. She a real, not right. And looking for serious and hot relationship. Anyway, you can find my profile here. And then it's a link. Did you click on the link? Because it sounds like that would be a good place to get a virus. No, I did not click on the link. Like here. any any kind of, you know, virus. <laughs> um, like chlamydia. So, do you think Natalia realizes that she's writing to a couple, and that's why she brings up the bisexual thing? Or do you think she wrote to a hundred men? And was like, one of them's going to write me back because one I'm bisexual. Wife, one of them's wife's going to be into it. <laughs> right? Right. Well, I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't want to. Now, she just needs a place to stay, Carol. Don't you think that we could no. op- open our, our, our brand new home to her? I, I don't care how good she cooks. <laughs> but she does other things good, too, I heard. <laughs> No, I don't. No. I don't think that we'll be uh, bringing t- Natalia here. Okay. No. Well, maybe we'll find uh, some more, or, or you know, other options in our massive love segment this week, Carol. We're doing Woo-woo. doing massive love. That's where she needs to put that ad. 
I get a lot of energy today, don't you? That woo-woo was sad as hell. <laughs> we did a lot of things today, okay? <laughs> we did. I'm tired. How about this, Carol? About to give up on love? No. Don't. Good. Give me a try. No. Single white Jewish female, 38. Cute, sexy, smart. Seek single white male, 36 to 43, without kids for lots of love. I just, I like that message. About to give up on love? Don't. <laughs> it reminds me of when I went to Washington, D.C. with my family. Why does it remind you of that? Because every place we went to, we were driving around the city. It's very hard to find, find yourself around the city. Because, even though you're always right there, but because the, it's like a wagon wheel, the way the streets are designed and they're all Mm -hmm. named different things. So we'd ask people, how do you get this place? How do you get this place? And every one of them would be like, go three, three lights down and make a right. (laughs) That was everyone's directions. So we're looking for, I don't know, the Holocaust Museum or something like that. And we see this old man. And stop at the side of the road. And I asked him, you know, how to get there. And he goes, all right, you're going to want to go down three lights. And then you're going to want to make a right. Don't go down two more lights and make a left. Like, what? (laughs) That's awesome. Did it work? Yeah. You're going to want to do that thing everybody tells you to do. <laughs> what about an attractive brunette, Carol? 52. Uh, a little too old for me. Seeking distinguished looking gentlemen. Well, I'm definitely not what they're looking who's for. Who's emotionally <laughs> and financially secure and enjoys the finer things in life. Period. Then, just thrown in the end, Florida. Just Period. the word Florida? <laughs> yep. <laughs> What does that mean? Does well, she live in Florida? And for some reason, she's putting this into a Detroit area newspaper. Does she want to go to Florida? <laughs> Is Florida her safe word? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it's because she's old and looking for an old dude. So she's like, Florida, because that's where all the old people end up. She's just like, hey. It's eventually, like, that's it's where like, we're going to go eventually. It's like a trigger word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, there's something else after Florida. Butterscotch candies. <laughs> You're right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Early bird special. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's fucking weird, right? <laughs> Very. I mean, she's obviously trying to save on words, you know, save the money. Florida. <laughs> I'll go to Florida. <laughs> okay. Follow the the geriatrics. <laughs> All right. Attention, ladies! Exclamation mark. Hey, ladies. All right. Studly, married, generous man. 35. Searching for a discreet, gratifying, noncommittal romance. Age open. We'll consider a couple. There are so many things about that that are a turn off. I mean, starting with Studley. He's Studley. Like, He's Studley do right. If you describe yourself as Studley, you're not Studley. <laughs> 
That's like the uh, the ones that are like, I have a big penis. Right. And like guys who are full of themselves, I don't. I, I think that's gross. I don't like it. He's generous. He says. Not with his wife, though. No. Yeah. Parents. That's another problem. <laughs> He's an, a selfish asshole, too. He's looking for a discreet, gratifying, non-committal romance. Well, I mean, obviously you don't want to commit. You're cheating on your wife. I think it's funny, too. He'll consider a couple. So he wants to be, like, in a... Is he just looking for sex? Like, he wants to be the third person in the bed? Or is he looking for, like, something more complicated? If he's... (laughs) You mean like with pulleys and stuff? I don't know. I mean, if he's if he's going to get involved with a couple, shouldn't he bring his wife? She's probably not going to like that. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think she's in, <laughs> doesn't sound like she's into it. Kind of a wet blanket. Well, there you go. That's what happens. Uh, what about in it? Okay, so here we go. Here's a couple that could, you know, could be the couple for him. Here, okay. Attractive, inexperienced white couple. How do you how do you inexperience as a couple? Fifties wish to meet other married couple for friendship and whatever. <laughs> Discreet will answer all Macomb area. I don't like that because they that's got the air of desperation. Like we're inexperienced and we'll answer all ads. Like they don't care who you are. They just wanna fuck you. They want a couple. No, they are a couple. They, they're a couple, and they're looking for another couple. Okay. But they're inexperienced. So they've never had other people in their bed. I guess. Hey, Carol. Yeah. So we're a couple. No. You want to have the worst sex of your life? Right? Like, with people in with their... inexperienced Inexperienced 50s. 50s. Yeah, no. I love, though, for friendship and whatever. What do you think that's about? Like... Do you think that means that they want friendship and they're open to more? Or do you think that means they want more and they're pretending they want friendship? I think it's that one. I think they want more and they're just like, well, we should say that we'll be friends with them first. But we can't use the word fuck in the ad, so. Right. <laughs> we'll say whatever. They'll know what that means. I don't get that. Like, why would couples want to have sex with other couples? Like, I get the threesome idea. Yeah, for sure. But it seems, like, complicated when you have more than three people. (laughs) Doesn't it? Well, it seems complicated if you have two couples. Because what's the point? Is the point to switch and then watch? That sounds awful. I think that's what it's got to be. Well, you're not a sharer. You don't play play well with others. Correct. Watch. I would never want to watch. Ew. Well, you ready to get real sick? Sure. This is the last one. I'm scared. Kyle. You should be. This is worse than Assalamu alaikum. Uh oh. Pregnant or milkmaid wanted by single white male, 50, non smoker, discreet, patina plus, messages, a yes, or massages, a yes. He's looking for a chick that's pregnant and or lactating. Correct. He wants a woman who is currently lactating. So, someone who's pregnant or milkmaid, like, I, get a, I guess, wet nurse, I, I don't, you know. But 
Women aren't lactating when they're pregnant. Oh, yeah, that is weird. He just he just maybe wants he to get in there ahead maybe of time. He doesn't know that. Maybe, or he's just trying to establish himself right away. Like once that baby comes, so he also wants to. He wants the milk, right? Right. Like that's what it's got to be, right? Yeah. His fetish is to nurse, Ugh. essentially. Ugh. He's fifty. He's at least single. He'll be discreet because. Presumably, if you're pregnant, you're probably married or with somebody else. Well, I mean, that's even worse. Um, if you're no petite, woman. If you're petite, that's a plus. Yeah, and first of all, pregnant and petite don't go together. And no woman yes. is looking for this. No. Whoa, woman, really? Like, no woman has a fetish for this? Unless he was paying, maybe he could find somebody. But Jesus like, Christ. That's not okay. I came across that one, Carol, and I was like, oh, my God. That's awful. Like, if they're pregnant or they just had a baby, they don't want you sucking on their tits. Or they're, I guess some people do that, wet nursing, right? Like, like professionally or whatever? Yeah, I guess. It's weird, but I guess some people do do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. What, being a wet nurse? Or, like, having a baby and then letting some other woman feed them with their breasts. Doesn't that sound weird? Yeah. Yes, it does sound weird. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Almost as if it's not natural. Right? Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. Well, speaking of things I didn't like, we watched a movie, Carol. You didn't like it, huh? Well, we'll talk about it. He said he would he would think about it and decide if he liked it. We watched Conspiracy Theory. I liked it. And it was a hell of a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I don't know. It was cool. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Well, describe what you liked about it. So I liked that the movie came equipped with a narrator because Mel Gibson just talks to himself throughout the entire movie. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, Mel Gibson is a reason to like the movie. Mel Gibson. And Julia Roberts, also very charming. I guess. Um, I She doesn't have a lot to do in this movie, really, I didn't think. Charming-wise. I disagree. You thought she was charming in this movie? Yes. All right. And because she's, like, being, you know, kind and compassionate to this crazy man. Um... I don't know. I, I, I'm interested in, like, mental health, and he definitely had some mental health issues. Well, we think, although part of it, you know, if you haven't watched the movie, obviously, go see the movie. Well, I mean, okay. Yeah, he he was damaged, but the damage is still there. Jean-Luc Picard did that damage. So they gave him some kind of drugs to scramble his brain. They, you know, like, programmed him to do stuff, whatever. That's... He's still... Jordy, we need to program him to do stuff. He's still mentally ill. Yeah, okay, I, mean, I guess. Don't you think? I don't know. I don't know what he was like before they got a hold of him. Yeah. But I mean, like, he almost killed that dude in a cab. <laughs> that was funny. Because he just started having, what was that, like, flashbacks? I don't know. I don't know. He was, like, dissociating or something. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, basically the movie's premise is that this guy has a a fucking what's it, a newsletter 
that he hands delivers to people called conspiracy theory. With five subscribers. Right, one of them being Jean-Luc Picard. And I'm from the future, and I need to know. Uh, and he comes up with all these weird conspiracy theories, and one of them turns out to be true. Actually, I guess a few of them turn out to be true. Well, I mean, how long has this been going on? That's the question. Like, the we thing, don't know. The thing with Jean-Luc, like, they're talking about the, the medicine or whatever, the chemicals, whatever they gave him. The brain gravy yeah. is how he describes it. Like, that's not really explained very well. Like, their relationship and how he came Correct. to be in this situation. If we believe that he just was part of MK... MK Ultra in 1973. Then I guess that's the exclamation uh, ex- for it. So yeah, and he is a soldier. So I mean, I guess that makes he sense. He was a soldier, was he? Yeah, his grave said that. Said. Like, oh, I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. So he was like in the Marines or something. I don't that's know if he was he a was, Marine. That's but... why he was buried in Arlington Cemetery. Okay. That, that makes was, sense. That was Arlington. Well, yeah. So obviously he is a soldier then. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. But okay, so since 1973, so for over 20 years, has he been continually being assaulted and you know reprogrammed and stuff? Or I don't know what. That's the, that's no my idea. question. There's a lot that the movie doesn't explain. Yeah, and there's so. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to run down the basic bones of the movie. Okay. He was programmed at some point, maybe in 73, maybe afterwards, by Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise. Patrick Stewart, yes. Yes, Patrick Stewart. And, uh... Okay, Sean Connery. That's not Sean Connery. It sounds like it's Patrick Stewart. Nah. Make it so. Uh, you know, Xavier. Anyway... That, that did sound like Sean Connery. So, he's been brainwashing him and using him as an assassin to kill people. And he's been like his handler basically this entire time. The persona they gave him, for some reason, is New York City cab driver. <laughs> I don't really get that. But he drives around picking people up. Sometimes he doesn't pick people up. He just takes pictures of them with his camera. <laughs> he yeah. rants and raves to everyone about all these conspiracy theories. Why? Like, what's wrong with his programming if he's <laughs> doing this? He is living in an apartment. They don't know where he is, even though he has a handler. That he's rigged to explode. Like, he does a lot of stuff on his own. Without them knowing about it, almost like he's gone rogue, I guess. And I don't, maybe he did. Maybe he escaped and went rogue. We don't know. I don't know. And you keep saying he had a handler, but it didn't seem like this guy had any kind of handle on him other than when they got a hold of him. And what was that place they were in? Like an abandoned hospital? I guess. Like, why were they in an abandoned hospital if they're legitimate government people? That's the other thing, too. Are they? I don't know. Because there was a government organization that was that was after them, trying to figure out who he was who he was working for and what he was using, or like wh- who he was working for. Then the different other there were other ones like Mel Gibson out there, according to them, and they wanted to know where the rest of them were too. So that's why they were investigating him. But it's like, okay, so. 
they don't explain any of that. Like, we don't know the answers to those questions. Right. And I don't know. It's just, it's really fucking weird. There was a lot of stuff not explained in this movie. But so he does all these conspiracy theory things. And it turns out that he's right about a decent amount of them because he actually has the knowledge and I guess he just doesn't realize it. And it's all coming out in this newsletter. Hmm. That makes sense. So they flood the subway to murder one of the richest people in the world by drowning him there and then transport the body from there to his home in Connecticut and say he drowned in his pool. And it's like, that was easier than going to his house in Connecticut and drowning him there? (laughs) Well, if he was in New York. It didn't make a lot of sense. And what was the the point of it? We'd have no idea. Are you sure that's what happened? Yes, that's what they said. They broke the water mains to flood the subway to use that water to to murder this guy. But I mean, like, didn't they kill more than just him? Then, like, there are lots of people in the subway. No, he was the only one that they that they were after. So everyone else was evacuated. He was drowned. Huh. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So weird, nonsensical. Doesn't make any (laughs) sense. I guess. So Mel Gibson was was supposed to kill Julia Roberts' dad because Julia Roberts' dad put some guy in jail but then believed his story that he wasn't actually guilty and he was being set up, he was a patsy and stuff like that, and he was going to reopen the case. And I guess whoever Sean Connery works for, or I'm sorry, whoever uh, Jean-Luc Picard works for didn't want that. And so they wanted him killed. And Mel Gibson saw Julia Roberts and instantly fell in love with her. The power of his boner <laughs> overrode all of his programming. Geronimo. Exactly. And he was like, I can't do this because I want to have sex with this redheaded woman. It's so weird. And, like, that's the other thing, though. It's like, how long has her dad been dead? How long were they friends before he died? Like, it seems like it's been years. Like, maybe she wasn't even a woman. Maybe she was, like, a a girl or a teenager. Like, I don't know. (laughs) You think it's, like, a Sweet Caroline uh, uh, situation? Wait a minute, though. Her dad gave him a picture, and she was a grown-up in the picture. Yeah. All right. So we're all safe. Everyone's safe. (laughs) So... He goes to talk to him, and he's like, basically, he's like, okay, I won't do it. I won't kill you. Uh, I've been turned around. I'll help you out now. I'll try to keep you guys safe. And some, they kill, somebody else kills, it, kills the dad. Right. And then he finds the dad while he's dying. Right. Which we find this out later, but he gives him a picture of his daughter and asks him to watch out for her, which in the beginning of the movie, you think he's just creepy and stalking her because he is stalking her. Right. But he did save her once, too. Yeah, so he's, like, watching out for her, I guess. Yeah. Because that's what he said he was going to do. So, and and she's a lawyer, and he just randomly shows up at her office screaming for her, like, every day, it seems like. Like, So, ladies out there, if somebody's, like, fucking looking at you through binoculars, (laughs) through your window, just remember, they might 
be uh, a government agent that is secretly wanting to love and protect you. Right. So right. it's really sweet, actually. <laughs> so then this all comes to a head and fucking John Luke Picard tells her everything except for the fact that, uh, you know, he wanted her dad dead and that um, Mel Gibson didn't actually do it. So I don't know why he tells her everything else. Because he wants to be mad at Mel Gibson, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, and then <laughs> they track them down to the place in Connecticut where her dad's stable is. No, no, I don't understand what the, the connection is between the rich guy that died and this. Both took place in Connecticut, but don't, I don't know. I don't know that there is a connection. Yeah, exactly. It's it does not very satisfying. But then, um, so they chase her, and they like one guy goes to shoot her, and some one of his the underlings or whatever runs in front of the bullet on accident, and then she just runs away. And I guess that dude was just like, nah, she's gone. <laughs> I had that one chance. Forget it now. I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, she does run. Like that's what she does every day on the treadmill. So it makes sense that she was able to run away from a helicopter. And then, uh, and then Mel Gibson fakes his death, and now she's safe because they they all think he's dead. Well, he saved her. You know, Mel Gibson saved her too. Yeah, didn't he? Well, she saved him too. She she's the one that killed John Luke Picard. You're right. You're right. She saved him, and then somebody else shot him. John Luke Picard shot him. Yeah. What? John Luke Picard shot him. They shot each other, him and John Luke, at the same time. No, John Luke shot him a couple times. She picked up the gun and killed John Luke Picard. Mm. Okay. And then he got into uh, an ambulance and or a helicopter, and um, it looked like he was dead, but he's not dead. Yeah. Well, she wanted to go with him, and they wouldn't let her. Did right. they know that he was going to fake his death? I don't know. Like, who were those people? There's some weird government organization. All they ever say is, uh, you know, if, if the government organizations are a family, we're the uncle that people won't talk about. <laughs> it's like, okay, so you're child molesters. I, I, mean, I, don't, <laughs> I don't understand what that means. And what's really weird is he has this compulsive need to buy Catcher in the Rye. So they can keep an eye on him, so they can track him. That's they implanted that in him. I don't really know the how... The shittiest book ever written. How would that be helpful? I mean, that one time it was helpful, I guess. Because they want to know where he is at. But every time a copy of The Catcher in the Rye is purchased doesn't mean that was him. They know it's him somehow. I don't know. That's another good question. I don't get it. They know that book is so bad that the only time anyone's ever buying it, it's him. Right. I never read it. What's it about? Holden Caulfield, who goes home from his prep school... Uh, he's fucking some rich elite asshole, although he doesn't think he is. Uh, but he goes home from his prep school to his house, and it's all about his like journey back to his house. And it's full of like very I'm self important, and everyone's phonies, and you know it's just it's a bunch of bullshit. All right, sounds awful. It's not good. And JD Salinger's not a genius. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Sorry for that hot take, but he's not. He sucks. But I I liked this movie. I liked the chemistry between Julia Roberts and Mel Gibson. 
and I thought the conspiracy theories it's kind of interesting I thought like I liked the beginning more than the end I liked the first 10 minutes (laughs) and like so Richard Donner directed this movie legendary director of Superman and some of Superman 2 they got Richard Lester in for and, and he sucks but anyway Richard Donner's the good Richard he also did Lethal Weapon, The Goonies. I mean, he's fucking good. He's a good director, right? And the film's well directed, for the most part. I would say, and and it's well acted. Both Julia Roberts and Mel Gibson are awesome. They're they're very good in the movie. Um, the script is what I think is where this movie falls down because it's like it's too haphazard. It starts off, and it's all about him and his conspiracy theories. And it makes him look... It's, it's kind of insulting to people who believe in conspiracy theories. I don't. But to... Because they make him look fucking insane. Right. But then a lot of conspiracies turn out to be true, so I don't know if it's like pro-conspiracy or not. <laughs> it, it doesn't... It never really gives... It never, that's one of the things. It never makes a choice as to whether or not it believes in conspiracy theories or not. The script. But... So it starts out like that. And you're kind of intrigued. You're like, okay, you know, what's going to happen here? And we get, like, the briefest hint of what's going on. And then there's a long stretch in the middle where not a lot happens. A lot of action happens, but not a lot to really propel the story along. Mm -hmm. Until she tracks down Jean-Luc Picard, and then the story's sort of, of, um, you know, propelled from that point. Uh, and then we get a lot of explanation really quickly. And then a lot of stuff isn't ever explained, and then it's over. And that's kind of the structure of the movie. In the middle, we should be finding pieces of information along the way. Like, after afterwards, and I was telling you, like, I was had some problems with this, and I was bored for part of this movie. You were like, it's a mystery, you know? Like, it's not supposed to give you everything right away. But we should have little clues and pieces of information and stuff throughout the movie. Julia Roberts was in the Pelican Brief, and this reminds me a lot of the Pelican Brief in in certain ways, where there's a conspiracy, you know, she's on the run, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. She entrusts somebody, a lawyer, who, uh, you know, isn't part of the conspiracy, but she brings them into it or whatever, right? So, um, that movie did did what I think this movie wanted to do just a lot better. Okay. Because throughout the middle of that movie, while they're on the run, there's the action scenes and the threats and everything, but they're learning new information along the way, and we're getting a clearer and clearer picture of what the conspiracy is and why, culminating in when they discover exactly what the conspiracy is, who's involved, why they want it, and, and every Like, we get a satisfactory answer to all these questions. Right. Which doesn't happen in this movie. I don't know. I think the movie just kind of leaves you with a general... It left me with a general feeling of the government is out to get you. I guess, but it's just... It's not very clear. It's really... It's like looking through a dirty window pane. Yeah. And someone trying to show you something. It's not... It's very muddled, and it's not... It doesn't make big, bold choices, which I think this movie should have. I don't know. He bit somebody's nose off. Yeah, I understand that. But what I'm I'm talking about is 
is philosophically, mm. this movie should have made big, bold decisions. You know, does George does George Bush want a fucking one world, new world order? You know, like he said in that one speech that they that they referenced. You know, yes or no? Hmm. Do you believe that or do you not believe that? And it doesn't. It just it's it's a throwaway rant of his. Do they believe that conspiracies are real? The author of this of the screenplay, I don't know. And they needed to. They needed that clarity. They needed to definitively state whether they believed it or not. They needed their point of view in it. I don't think somebody would say all blanketly all conspiracy theories are true. I mean, yeah, but like the big ones, like the the Kennedy assassination and the um the the, the new world order thing and everything. I guess. I think some conspiracies probably are true. Most of them aren't. Like what? I'm not saying that I have one to say, hey, this is one that's true. I'm just saying I think that there has to be some that are. I guess. And maybe some small ones. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm very skeptical uh, about conspiracies. I just like to consider them. Well, I, th- I think thinking about them is interesting. But for the most part, I don't believe in them. Yeah, it depends. So I would have to say, I don't. I think I'd wait to rent this. I don't think it's worth going to the theater to see it. I disagree. If you like action and you like Mel Gibson's uh, blue eyes, I think it's worth seeing it on the big screen. Okay. So. So a split decision this week. Yeah. Which is fine. <laughs> it's going to happen once in a while. All right. Well, that is our show, Carol. All right, so uh, you can write us at elitefee1994 at AOL.com. Mm-hmm. Check out our website at www.retroelitefee.com. Uh-huh. And tell your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.